Welcome, everybody, to the N-Word for Nerd podcast. As always, we're going to jump right into it. Our top list. Today, we're doing top three movie franchises. And I will, this time, start with Jaren, and we'll make our way around. Jaren, what is your number three movie franchise? <clears throat> number three. Let me pull up my notes, because I wanted to. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, number three is going to be, for me, Batman. <laughs> um, and not because of that bullshit in the middle with uh, when... Uh, that director made Gotham City look like some cheap target art woman with all the uh, the neon and everything. <laughs> but the beginning of it, and then more importantly, the end of it, minus the the last one. But uh, but yeah, Batman for sure. I think oh, so you're taking all IPs of your movie franchises. Yeah, I mean, were we breaking it down? I broke it. Oh I no, I mean, it's whatever you wanted to be. Generally, I, I, I was breaking it down, but I was. I'm letting it go because I mean, that's why I didn't yeah. take Batman yeah. because I was like, DCEU sucks, so I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but these are these are specific Batman movies, so they would be like, like Batman, Batman Returns, and then the shitty three that followed it, and then okay. the Nolan trilogy. I mean, if I had to nail it down, though, I'd say the Nolan trilogy would be my number third franchise. Okay, uh, okay. two ones and one bad one where he was fighting in the middle of daylight. Fist fighting in a fucking street. That's how Batman dies, by the way. Is if you have a man in that outfit, you put him in the middle of a fucking riot and give him his fists. That's how Batman dies. Yeah, but all the uh, cops are also fist fighting, so they wouldn't. Yeah, shoot but they're also going for Batman. <laughs> I mean, everyone would also do. Yeah, because that—that's why definitely Batman can't be black because they'd be like, "Oh shit, bam! Oh shit, he was on our side. Oh crap!" <laughs> and that's why Fox covers his mouth for his uniform. Yeah, that's why. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Jason. What is your number three? So I had right, a toss-up right. between the Lord of the Rings franchise and Harry Potter, but I'm going to go with mm-hmm. Harry Potter because as a whole, that movie franchise is really, really good, you know, even down to the last movie. Uh, so out of seven movies, you got, you know, five solid ones. So Harry Potter. And, you know, I would have done Lord of the Rings, but then I would have to add on The Hobbit. And I was like, nah, we can't, we can't do it with The Hobbit. So it's got to be Harry Potter. <laughs> Look, man, I, I literally had that discussion today, and I said I cannot. As much I love Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings is my favorite trilogy of all time. Yeah, but if we're doing franchises, The Hobbit has to be included, and I cannot bring myself. It was just like, The Hobbit. I couldn't. I just couldn't bring it over. I was like, okay, we just got to go with, with with Harry Potter. Even though I could, J.K. Rowling, I don't want to give her any more money, but you know, Harry Potter's still great. <laughs> so uh, my number three is going to be the Captain America trilogy. I think, uh, I mean, Winter Soldier is my favorite out of it. First Avenger, I enjoy it, but I'm a huge fan of the Rocketeer as well. So it gave me those vibes. And Civil War, which is my least favorite of the three, I know that's hard to believe, because but I still enjoyed the fact of what it was and the fact that we got to see all these heroes in this basically kids picking up toys and smashing them together scene in the airport. So I went with the Captain America trilogy. Now, this could be all fucked up by Captain America 4, but right now <laughs> I'm keeping it as my number three uh, movie franchise tri- uh, right now. See, when we said franchises, I meant, I thought franchises. MCU. You thought MCU. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll get to this in just a second, but Jaron, go ahead. <laughs> All right, well, uh, funny enough, my number two is MCU, but in parentheses, it does say Captain America. Although I put it in a different order, it'd be Winter Soldier, then it would be uh, Civil War, and then the first Captain America would be my, my least favorite of the three. But uh, I think the, the last two were more watchable, just over and over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, I had MCU, parentheses, Captain America. <laughs> because, I mean, I'm an Iron Man guy, but no, 
No, Iron Man, yeah. Iron yeah. Man three, yeah. Iron Man two. Iron Man three is great. Iron Man two. I like Iron Man. It ends with yeah. them. It ends with them getting the. They thought it was necessary for him to take his arc reactor out as a character like evolution. That's yeah, bullshit. because it's two thousand. Whenever you can get heart surgery, it's easier now than when it was <laughs> back in nineteen forty or whatever. <laughs> it's like there's no reason why you should still have this in your heart, dude. Like, yeah, no. surgeries for this, except man. the power of the suit. Yeah. I mean, to have yeah, that battery on you at all times. A bad reason to have a fatal <laughs> con congenial heart disease. All right. Oh no, they could have gotten all that shit out. He could have kept the arc reactor in. Yeah, he could have kept the arc reactor. I think they. I mean, he shouldn't have replaced that until he got his till he got his head head around the nanotech. I think that's when it should have disappeared. When he's like, "Well, now I can put it into a nanotech thing and just tap it onto my chest and it's good to go." That then I'm like, okay. My number two also is the MCU with not any really specific uh, trilogies or anything. Because the whole thing not is really, really good. Like, there are some duds in between. But we have how many movies now? Like, 20? And, like, 95% of them are, like, worth watching over and over again. Yeah. So, like, as a, as a whole, the MCU is is number two for me. And it's and it's great. They keep, they keep knocking it out of the park. Uh, even now. Like, every movie they're coming out now is, has been better than the last. So... That's for me. I, and I love the MCU, and I, I always hate shitting on the MCU because I feel like there's so much love on it that I have to occasionally just shit on it about it. <laughs> the yeah, only issue I have with the MCU Well, you know, you know how it is, is when people just love something so much and it's like, why are you so happy? Like, Stop being so happy. <laughs> they get they get blinded by like what the what the reactuality of what it is versus the like what they have yeah. it in their mind. Find me for people to enjoy things. You're right. <laughs> right. <laughs> the MCU, the reason why I say I couldn't put it on it because the MCU, they don't tell complete stories because they know they can wrap it up in the next one. And it it er, it bothers me now. <laughs> this is where it is. Like you the phase one had real stories for hit or miss of how much we liked them or disliked them. They had beginning, middle, and ends, and it finished. Now we're getting to the point where all these MCU movies now they're just like, hey. We just stopped the villain this time, but all the other conflicts we brought up, you better tune into the next edition of the MCU. See you in November. Like it, 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 it just bothers me now. Like, and I love them, and I love it. I enjoy the movies, and I'm like, yeah, that was great. And I'm like, yeah, but they didn't answer like five of these questions. And I know everybody's like, oh, you gotta wait to other movies. And I'm like, well, why? And, and I guess that brings us to our geek discussion later on about the story matter because. Why do I have to wait to other movies to understand the movie I just paid money for that you brought up, that you mentioned all in the movie, and then you decided, oh, no, no, no. other movies, take care of that for us. Like, that's my only gripe on it, and I think people always be ignore it because we, we expect the next movie to come in six months. So hold on. Don't wait. <laughs> Sorry if you didn't get chances. Like, it's just, oh, come uh, Anyway, true. anyway. <laughs> but I love them, and I don't want to shit on it. I just, that's why I couldn't put them as high as everything else because I feel like, it's a lot of movies in there that are just like Age of Ultron is literally the bypass movie to be like, hey, we can need to do some shit so we can do all this other shit later on. So ignore this movie because all the other shit is what's more important than actually this robot. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, my number two for franchises, which I think goes against it because I guess it would be IPs, but I went uh, Toy Story. Toy Story is my number two movie franchise. I don't think it's a bad movie in the bunch. And you could almost, some people will argue that it gets better as it goes up. I wouldn't argue that, but a lot of people <laughs> would argue it gets better as it goes up. So Toy Story would be my number two movie franchise. All right. Number one, Jaren. 
Brings us to number one. <clears throat> um, this franchise, I personally don't think there's a bad one in the bunch. Um, you, if you say I, Ghostbusters, we'll quit today. Yeah, unfortunately, they <laughs> could not invoke Ghostbusters. I was thinking really hard about Ghostbusters, and I was like, I can't, can't put can't it on the list. <laughs> two, two was was trash, and two was and, awesome. Shut your mouth. And, oh, the girl, and the girl one was garbage. <laughs> Bobby if Brown. I, if, I count, if I could count Ghostbusters, the video game, which was written by Harold Ramis and Dan Aykroyd, and it essentially is Ghostbusters three, if, if they had done it. Then I would think about it, but I, I can't. I can't do that as cross reference. So, uh, Back to the Future, uh, one, two, and you know what? I know. I know. I'm not. Uh, I might be out out in the the periphery on this one, but I fucking love three, and I don't like westerns that much, but I love three. So I fucking love three too, man. Yeah. Three's great. Yeah. Dude's Dude's awesome. Three's great. Dude's commercially. commercially. I really still want a hoverboard and flying cars because I was supposed to happen like five years ago, according to that yeah. movie, but. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll fly with Martin McFly. <laughs> so that's good. Well, my number one, and you guys are going to, you know, clown me on this, but, you know, as a man of a certain age, um, you know what it is. It's going to be Star Wars. And mm. it's, it's the reason why mm. is because I grew up with it. It's nostalgia. I find something like about all the movies and with everything else with it, it just makes it even more, you know, lovable in my heart, even though the last trilogy was disappointing. But still, like, I enjoy the movies as a movie, but as a trilogy, they all, it sucked. So, but still, Star Wars is always going to be, you know, high in my heart. So that's my number one trilogy or franchise, movie franchise. Right. You'd write off Lord of the Rings because of the Hobbit movies. But you're not willing to write off Star Wars because of the <laughs> nope, I'm not. I'm not even willing to write off Star Wars because of the terrible, terrible ending of this last trilogy, which made no sense whatsoever, according to the story that they were trying to present, because they didn't have a fucking plan. They didn't know what they were doing, and it was all fucked up because they let three different people or like two different people write three different movies. But still. Spaceships and laser swords. I'm, I fucks with it. Yeah, fuck it. Just just make one of them a, a Skywalker, and we'll call it a day. Yeah, we'll call <laughs> right, it a day. Who right. gives a shit? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I battle with Star Wars, but I think it's too many duds in them in there for to be my number one or make my list. Um, my my number one is, and I feel like there's only one really bad movie in it. It's the Rocky and Creed franchise. I feel like Rocky Five is the only really shitstorm in it. All the other ones are enjoyable, fun. I mean, the first one's a classic. Two through four are really, really fucking fun. We 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 act like we don't. We ignore five. Creed was a really good way to bring it back and be good. Creed two is okay, but you bring back Drago. So it, it Creed is uh, Creed the Rocky, Rocky Creed six. Oh, uh, one with a uh, Mason Dixon line. I like I like John <laughs> Rocky Six. I don't think it was bad. Everybody else was like, "Oh, this is so unbelievable." And I said, "You you really thought that white dude was going to beat Apollo Creed? You believe that? But you think this part is unbelievable? Stop." It. So, <laughs> yeah, I love Mason Dixon line. That's all all of my alleys. So yes, Rocky and Creed are mine. Just because, again, like I said, I can watch any of those except for five. Please, uh, I almost like I feel like I treat five like Crystal Skull. Where I just pretend like it just never happened. Like five <laughs> never happened because he never did technically fight in the ring in five. So no. for me, if Rocky don't get in the ring, it never happened. <laughs> it's not a real fight. Well, he doesn't get in the ring in Creed. <laughs> he is. He's on the ring apron in Creed. He gets in the ring to wipe him off and stuff. He's in the <laughs> ring. For both of those. 
He steps in the ring. I guess technically the same thing for five. He does step in the ring for uh, Tommy, but fuck that dude. dude. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that dude in real life, man. That dude was a piece of shit in real life, too. Oh, I didn't know that. that. Yeah. He was a professional boxer that just did steroids and all sorts of terrible, terrible things. So just a professional boxer. Yeah. He's he's Mike Tyson. Well, everybody, well, thank you for listening to our top three movie franchise list. If you guys have a different list, please let us know in the comments. Please, before we start all this officially, remember to like, share, subscribe. Tell us what you think. Tell us if we forgot a key franchise, which I know some Indiana Jones people are going to basically shut off this and tell us go fuck ourselves because Indiana <laughs> Jones did not make it. But Crystal Skull does exist, guys. Crystal <laughs> Skull does exist. And they're making like another one too. And, mm, I don't, it's not and, that, and that one will exist too. And it's probably <laughs> yeah. going to be bad as well. So. He got injured. That dude got injured on it. That's what I My heard. favorite song is going to be Temple of Doom though, which is going to make a lot of people mad. That's my favorite too. Like hey, Jason, it's great that we have Jaren here because me and you like agree too much about some of this stuff. I like Temple of Doom oh. a lot. That was, yeah. I Although, thought we've had this discussion before. I thought you enjoyed uh, Last Crusade or Raiders more. Alex, you had that conversation. Okay. <laughs> okay. That makes more so sense. We're a bunch of people <laughs> dealing fans, so obviously our nerd credit's out of the window. <laughs> but also, yeah, I mean, yeah. Also, like, uh, you, have, you have franchises uh, like uh, Terminator that you had to call. I had to immediately get rid of because even though one and two were brilliant, all of the rest that followed kind of takes it out of the uh, running for best. Yeah, same thing with aliens. Alien one and two, alien and aliens classics. Yeah. Three is okay, but once you get to resurrection, it's just a yeah, firestorm. Prometheus so. and all that garbage. Predator. Predator oh. one, great. Oh, yeah. Predator two with Daniel Geller, even better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go that far. Welcome to the N-Word for Nerd Podcast, guys. Remember to like, share, subscribe. I'm here with my favorite people in the world outside of my wife and my children because, you know, my wife will kill me. Uh, so <laughs> starting off always, we have the Duke of Nerds, Jason number A. We have Jason. What is going on with you, Jason? Nothing going You guys are my favorite people in the world, too, except for all my friends and family and everybody else I like. <laughs> I'll take it. Number 27th best, I'll take it. Top 50. Even better. And we're here with Token, the Token white guy, the Token, because he answers all our questions and makes sure that we stay on track. We have Jaren here. What's going on, Jaren? <laughs> What's happening? You guys are also my favorite people, except for Jason's wife as well. So. <laughs> Glad I could make the top three. That's all I care about. Uh, <laughs> As always, we're going to jump right into our segment that we do every single week. We have Geek and Nerd News. So starting off here, we have Xbox Game Pass is trying to be placed directly in TVs going forward. Jaren, I know you've talked very vehemently about Game Pass and all the beautifulness of it. Would you? I already know you would buy the TV, but do you think this is a good move for Xbox? It's interesting. Uh, Xbox, what they're doing with this... um... There's, I mean, you can play Xbox Series X games on your uh, iPhone now uh, because it's all the uh, all the processing's done, you know, uh, off the cloud. off the device and then stream to it. So you're essentially, I mean, uh, when we get to the point where we have uh, our our network latency is is such that that'll be something that we can actually do without uh, you know drops where you feel like your button inputs aren't actually matching what's happening on the screen. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> Microsoft seems to always have the 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 best ideas from five years from now, and then they try to do it today. <laughs> like when they launched the Xbox One, and they were like, "Hey guys, you know, all digital." 
I mean, that's that's becoming a reality fast. But you know, seven years ago, people were like the fuck. No, I want my disc. Thank you. And, <laughs> and Sony took a quite a quite a leap ahead of them as a result. So yeah. All right. Well, Nintendo's releasing a game and watch, which they did our one one already for Super Mario Brothers, but now they're doing one for the Legend of Zelda. Jason, as you being a Zelda guy, are you going to get it? What's up, man? I'm not gonna buy this. <laughs> it was, <laughs> like I played, you know, Zelda One. It's got Zelda Two on it, which you know, yuck. You know, and then also it's got a port of a of a Game Boy game. It's like I'm I'm not one of those Nintendo fanboys who just buys everything Nintendo. I'm looking at you, Jaren. <laughs> that is me. That's 100 percent me. I'm a whore for Nintendo. No question. So it's not something that's on my, my radar, but you know, for those people who just have to have things that are made by Nintendo, spend your money. It's fine. You're you're fine. <laughs> spend your money. It's fine. All right. Uh Microsoft announces Windows 11. No release date currently pictured there. But anybody excited about Windows 11, Jaron? You? Uh, I mean, Windows 10 is fine. It's a great operating system um, at the moment. But uh, I just read something that uh, Microsoft took a big jump uh, forward in their uh, uh, MVME, like um, SSD technology, and that they were not going to make it supported by Windows 10. So it's only going to be supported by Windows 11, which I think is shitty. So <laughs> Microsoft being Microsoft, but um, no, I mean, I think Windows 10 is fine at the moment. Obviously, when they sunset it and all the security updates stop coming, then make the move. But I mean, Windows 10 is only what, like 10 years six, old? Six? <laughs> is it 10? Is it 10 years old? It, can't it came be. out a while ago. It came yeah, out a while ago. yeah, maybe you're right. Eh, fair enough. <laughs> Any, it's, it's a statement. So go ahead, Jan. Uh, it's, it's so anytime uh, like a new OS has come out, um, they're always, uh, they're never stress tested to the point where everybody's using them in every different configuration with every different bit of software on them. So there's always like issues and there's going to be issues and then they're gonna have to patch them up. It's, I never recommend grabbing a new OS for many of them, be it Microsoft or, you know, the newest, uh, Mac OS, like just give it, give it a year in and then <laughs> jump onto it. Cause you might end up, you know, jumping early and then ending up with Vista and that sucks. <laughs> I mean, All right. Uh, we had trailers job for Shang-Chi and for Halloween kills. Uh, let's start with you. Uh, let's start with you, uh, Jaron. What are your thoughts on the Shang-Chi trailer? I, I cannot wait for this movie. This movie looks fantastic. Uh, I love the way that the 10 rings actually work. Um, and that they, how they show them off and the fights and everything in this. Uh, I don't, uh, I'm guessing that the, everybody on the internet's losing their mind over the idea that um, it was uh, uh, the abomination versus mm -hmm. possibly Wong, but probably just another follower of the magical ways at the end. Another Asian guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was a distance shot. I didn't realize, but I asked some people, I didn't realize that uh, abomination looked like that in the comics. With his uh, fins and all the kind of aquatic Your people, you asked me. Yeah, I think yeah we <laughs> talked about it. I, yeah, I also talked to Alex about it, but uh, yeah, apparently that is a normal thing. So I was like, oh, okay. All right, uh, Halloween Kills, the next in the Halloween series, I guess from the reboot from the last Halloween. Jason, any thoughts on that? Seen the trailer? Enjoy the trailer? Hate the trailer? I, what do you thought? I enjoyed the last Halloween movie. 
uh because it did like retcon a lot of stupid shit <laughs> that happened yeah, in that series. <laughs> so as long as they keep the, the heart going then i'm all for it i'm 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 here I'll, and i'll watch it because i don't i don't normally like to watch scary movies but halloween isn't that scary because it's just a dude in mask who just kills people I'll, I'll i'll be there for that i'll be there for that i'm gonna watch it on dvd though i'm not gonna watch it in the theater i, I love the whole premise of it because it's like hey this town this menacing serial path psycho killer. Let's all join together and kick his ass. <laughs> I, I feel like every horror movie now has to do that now. Like you can't excuse it now. Like if it's a like, why are so, have been so dumb for the past thirty years? Right. Let's, right. Take this yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> let's join together and let's take care of this fool. Uh, so yes, that's coming out. Uh, also, we just got an announcement that uh, Disney's doing some more of the live action movies for better or worse. The next one up is uh, not the next one up, but. One is going to be Snow White. They have cast a young lady by the name of Rachel Ziegler. If I'm getting her name her name wrong, please just you know let just find out because I can't read. It's you know whatever. Uh, Ziegler Ziegler. She's been cast as Snow White for this new live action Snow White. I don't feel like we need to dignify that with a comment. We can just move right on. Final Fantasy I can say, Nine. She's a Native American woman. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you she's not. So, uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy IX is getting an animated series. Production will either start the end of this year or the beginning of next year. Jason, are you excited about Final Fantasy IX being animated for you? The last Final Fantasy game I played was Final Fantasy IV. And you enjoyed it so much that you just really want to <laughs> see Final Fantasy IX animated? <laughs> I mean, I like I have never been like a hype man behind Final Fantasy ever bit since like Final Fantasy 7 came out and everybody's like it's the best game ever and I'm like it's a JRPG. I'm not I much rather go and play something else and I much rather go watch something else. So, I'm sorry your Final Fantasy fans out there. I don't give a shit about Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> With blowing forward from that, Transformers 7 has been announced. It is going to be Rise of the Beast from the people who are making Bumblebee. Supposedly, this is going to take place, I believe, seven years after Bumblebee. Jaren, I know how you are with animation technology, and we've argued about Transformers over and over again. Your thoughts, expectations, and excitement level. <clears throat> Can anybody be excited about a Transformers movie these days? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think they've... Yeah, no, I mean, what is, it's, it's this one's following Beast Wars. So we're gonna see more dinosaurs. So it, it, hope not. there were monkeys and beast wars and cheetahs oh, and, and like beetles, yeah, Optimus yeah, Prime, yeah. bugs. There was only yeah. one. There's two dinosaurs. There was uh, Megatron was a dinosaur, mm -hmm. and there was a raptor one. I can't remember his name. But I think it was like Raptor X. I don't fucking know. Right. <laughs> Groundbreaking um, TV show, by the way. <laughs> yes, Beast Wars, amazing. Uh, yeah, uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. I know at least <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll watch it because of the visual effects. But, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going there hoping that it's going to be like, uh, you know, Schindler's List style writing or anything like anything like, like, <laughs> like stick with you forever, you know. Right. Ever since Bumblebee, I'm just wondering when are these people are going to fuck one of these robots. <laughs> it's probably already happened. Uh, so it's already, that's what that's the same one Wiki did in the second one. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. He did. Like a hot girl. <laughs> Just for no reason. Yeah, June 24 of 2022 is when it's supposed to be released. Uh, Eli Roth has finished production on the Borderlands uh, movie, and I guess everybody's getting an early look at uh, Claptrap, and this is expected to be released in 2022. Jason, thoughts on this? Excited? I, mean, eh? I am excited about it, but I the one gripe I have is they should not have replaced the voice actor of Claptrap with Jack Black. That's... Mm. 
I'm, I'm sure Jack Black's probably going to do a great job, but like whoever did the voice acting for Claptrap in the games, they should just kept him because he's perfect. He's sure. the right amount of annoying. He's 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 great. And like you're just going to be like, oh, that's just Jack Black being Jack Black. It's not going to be Claptrap. So, yeah. but other than that, I'm, I'm down for it. You know, Eli Roth's a good film director. I'm down for it, but that's my only right. Hopefully they tune I'm gonna, Jack Black's voice well, up a bit. Hopefully they like because you know claptrap is a high yeah pitch, like a like they put it through a mechanical like you know uh, filter or whatever they're not gonna do that it's gonna be Jack Black's voice like, you, you know singing okay. himself yeah I hope <laughs> okay all right, all right. I, I was trying to leave time in this segment for you all to like nerd out we're gonna stay on track here because the last one I don't care about but I know you guys care about way more than I do so uh, I guess in the in the JJ Abrams Star Trek universe the Calvin universe. They are going to cast Picard in the movies. You two, I'm just going to give you guys the floor to talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about in regards to this because I don't really care. So have at it, guys. So me and Jaren already talked about this a lot before you got back from your, your restroom break. Um, I'm all for them recasting Tom Hardy as Picard if they were to do that and give him another chance because he already did it once when he was like 25 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, even though he was in a shitty movie and was given nothing to do and people hated on him it's tom fucking hardy like give him he was already great then he's gonna just be so much better now and he's also a brit has a british accent too so like i'm for it as long as they cast tom hardy if they cast some uh, fucking henry cavill i'm gonna riot <laughs> i uh i, I mean it's the, this is gonna be interesting because this is uh you have you have people that have played different characters. Like they're the same character, different actors have played the same, uh, like the same character uh, over and over and over again. But these are all the characters that were, uh, I don't know, they, they came from somewhere, right? Like they came from books or they came from uh, comic books or something like that. So they're like an established character that existed. And then actors took up the role. Jean-Luc Picard is from a television show. And from the rip, it was Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. I, yeah. I don't know. Uh, also, I mean, I'd love to see, I'd love to see them stick in the normal timeline, but just take all the set designers and uh, DPs and uh, directors from the Kelvin timeline and bring them over because <laughs> they make it look a lot better over there. They just lack the character depth and storyline that really sell me on it. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I, this is still rumor territory, right? We, we're yeah, it's still sure. like kind of yeah easy, but. Yeah. You know, they, the funny thing about Picard is they even changed, like, the way he was written initially, they changed entirely everything about him for you know, Patrick Stewart. I mean, li- literally, his name is Jean-Luc Picard. He's supposed to be French. Yeah. He's played by this very, very <laughs> English person. <laughs> like, unabashedly English person. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so, like, they have to, they're going to have to match that perfectly if they're going to, you know, do it. Or they're not, and they're just going to shit on all the things we love, which is probably what they're going to do. Mm. It's the Kelvin. <laughs> Just for the novelty people out there, um, in the regular regular continuity of it, how far in time is the original to the next generation? I want to say it's like eighty years, eighty to hundred years, because in the very first episode, um, I want to say Bones is still alive, but he's one hundred and thirty years old. Oh wow! Oh shit! Yeah. So it's it's a, a some a significant amount of time has passed since. From Kirk to uh, the next generation, but Scott is still alive too, but he's stuck in a transport bubble. Yeah, well, he, he's out of time. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's different. That's different. Yeah. We don't need to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's just ignore it. All right. Really quickly, we're going to do our Loki check-in uh, episode what, three, I believe. We're on now. Yes, yes, yes. Episode three. Um, my quick notes on the check-in. I mean, it was a nice episode. The big reveal of the variants, uh, the time to the TVA agents being uh, former variants, so I thought it was pretty cool. I felt like this was kind of one of the closest things we're probably going to get to a bottle episode because they wanted to just do a whole explanation dump and just get it all in there and then set a whole bunch of differences and walk away. Um, yeah, so I took it what it was. It was kind of the – I feel like this is the cool-off format before it really ramps up probably going towards the end. So, um, Jaren, your thoughts? Episode three. I liked it. It started out It started out feeling like a Rick and Morty episode um, <laughs> where there is something very, very big going on for a lot of other people but they're just going to pop in for something small that they need and fuck right off. Um, but that changed when they busted their uh, temp, tat, temp pad. So all of a sudden, the tension of them not being able to get off that world started to like sink in and it started to become a little bit more desperate, a little bit more desperate for the characters. And I loved it. It was a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. And yeah, I just I, I love that it, it seemed like it started as very little, if nothing, and then got to something significantly more. All right, Jason, number eight. I I like this episode as well. Um, you know this is this show is it's firing on all cylinder, cylinders. But I just want to throw out that this there's this fan theory that's going on that this whole entire episode has taken place in Loki's head, that she actually did enchant him, and since he's such strong in the will, she actually has to you know make him, you know, you know, lead him through this whole entire thing to get her to him to understand her rather than just directly controlling his mind. So. Hopefully, you know, okay. that could be it. But if it's not, it's not a big deal. It's still a good episode. I don't care. Yeah. So I just want to throw that fan theory out there. All right. And as always, I guess we're going to start doing Rick and Morty check-ins as the season <laughs> goes on. Uh, episode one of Rick and Morty dropped last Sunday. As like I said on the last recording, we were recording before the episode dropped, so we didn't know what it was. Uh, quickly on the check-in for me, this felt like a return to form for Rick and Morty. I actually felt like season four was, especially the first half of season four was bullshit. The second <laughs> half was a little better, but this one felt like something that it could have been in any of the earlier seasons and work. Um, I can't say enough about this one. And we'll probably, once we get to the end of it, do our full reviews at the end of this, uh, you know, end of the, when the season's over, but I love this episode. If this is what the season's going to be like, I'm totally here for it. Uh, Jason, number eight, what are your thoughts? I love this episode too. I love uh, the Prince uh, Namor reference. Uh, I can't remember the character's name. What? Mr. Nimbus. Mr. Nimbus. Yes, he's the uh, ruler of the sea, and he controls the police. So I guess we have someone to blame. <laughs> like, but that's just that's like the B story. The A story is Morty going back and forth, getting wine, and you know, wrecking the civilization. Yeah, it's top notch. I don't want to be one of those Rick and Morty fans like you just don't understand Rick and Morty. It's just really good writing. It's a really good, clever, clever show. Like, take all the toxic fandom out of it and just enjoy the show for what it is. All right, Jaren. Yeah, uh, this is probably one of my favorite episodes of Rick and Morty to date. Um, and yeah, I agree. I love the idea that, it, yeah, it, I, I don't want to be gatekeeper-y about it either. It's it's just simply, I think the, uh, somebody put it to me once. They were like, it takes all the tropes of sci-fi that you already know and love that have been well-trodden by other uh, franchises and series, and just turns it on its head a little bit. Just make you know, takes it takes kind of a, a thing that you've probably experienced in a Star Wars or a Star Trek or you know, Doctor Who, natural, 
and just just takes a hard left in it for no reason. And you're like, what the fuck? But if you get the concept, underlying concept, where it carries you is great. So it's, yeah, I, I love, 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 love me some Rick and Morty. And this episode was probably one of my favorites. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, we're jumping into what everybody came here to listen to, to see, to see what we thought. Because, you know, we are credible sources of intellectual properties. And we 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 do the hard lifting so you don't have to do it. You do the so, hard work. <laughs> let's jump into Fast 9. Jaren, I'm going to let you go ahead and kick this off. You know, what's your thoughts on Fast 9? Um, uh, they gave Charlize Theron a dumber haircut than the last time. <laughs> <laughs> they put her in a they put her in a box right in the rip of the episode and just left her there for the entire fucking movie. Um, uh, the action is stupid. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It clearly has nothing to do with physics. But the the writers thought that hey, if we reference it, then we can uh, we make jokes about it. Then you know it is it'll be fine. And it's not fine. It, it's a uh, it's trash. The people from uh, I, I enjoyed. I'm one of the few people that enjoyed Tokyo Drift. None of those people in that movie would ever be rocket scientists. I'm so sorry. None. <laughs> Especially since it's supposed to take like five years after Tokyo yeah. Drift, like seven years. Like, no, yeah. no, thank you. <laughs> a little, little Bow Wow's pack some weight on. Um, and the, the redneck boy or whatever. Lucas Black. Yeah. No, never trust him with a rocket. I'm just, I, 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 no, the movie was stupid. Uh, this guy, the main character, claims that he loves family. Everything's about family to the point where it's a joke. And uh, and now we just find out that he's got a fucking brother. Just now? Just now? <laughs> uh, family, but I'm not going to attack my brother because he needs to go away. <laughs> fuck that family. Yeah. It's just, it, 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 was, it was stupid. Clearly, Vin Diesel's still salty about him and The Rock not getting along, so he's like, fuck it, I'll just get a different wrestler. What? <laughs> all right, Duke of All Nerds, your thoughts, Fast 9? This movie was batshit crazy. Like, just like, when they wrote the script, I told you, because we all saw this together in the movie theater, all three of us together, that, that was the most enjoyable experience about the seeing of this with you guys, because they must have wrote this screenplay over a weekend after doing peyote. Um, nothing in this movie makes sense. Like, none of it makes sense. Uh, Vin Diesel, they try to put the heart with Vin Diesel, you know, Vin Diesel cannot act to save his life. <laughs> he cannot put on any sort of emotion besides gruff, you know, action, man. And none of this, it's just, this, as Jason put it, is a, it's a cartoon. It's a cartoon made by people who might have had a lobotomy at one point and only a writing with half a brain. It's just, <laughs> like, if you go in there just thinking that it's just going to be the most ridiculous thing in your scene, you're going to have fun because it's just balls to the wall, like, non-sequitur craziness. It's, it's like an Aqua Team Hunger Force TV show made into a movie. <laughs> like, there's little to anything connecting this stuff. And John Cena, the, 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 the best thing for me is John Cena after he robs Edinburgh from serving and flying on the zip line, <laughs> and they're cutting through all this, like, crazy action, and then you get John Cena going, on the zip line. <laughs> it's just so ridiculously bad. It's like, it's gone to the, the point where the, I guess they are just, they know this is not going to be anything smart. This is not going to be anything worth, like, this is not going to be in the Smithsonian. So let's have as much fun as humanly possible 
and not tell anybody who's acting in it that that's what we're doing. <laughs> they went to space. They went to space. <laughs> that's not how it works. You can't fly a car <laughs> to space. Like, <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> um, I, as I'm going to throw this terrible pun, this is fastly becoming probably the best action franchise of all time because now <laughs> they have dropped all pretense. All action movies we watch are all leaps in logic that the bag that the hero never gets shot with 20 million bullets fly at him. This movie decided to be like, hey, you know what? Fuck you guys. We know this is bullshit, and you guys paid to see it, so we're going to give you all the bullshit that you want and all the bullshit you don't want. We're still going to give it to you plus some. And I fucking loved it after that. Once I realized this movie was going to be just, hey, you know what? Fuck you guys. This is about to be action for the sake of action. All we're doing is just trying to figure out some bullshit reason to get you to the next action set piece. I was here for it at that point. We sat in the movie, and I said it. I said, once Roman shot 14 motherfuckers and didn't get a bruise, I said, oh, this is what kind of movie we doing? All right. They, right. they should have shot his ass 40 times. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he was like, the town is on me. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. And I love it that, like you said, like that <laughs> they literally would look, they would look at the camera, but you might as well just should have had him look at the camera and go, man, you ever think we're invincible? Because, yes, <laughs> yes, we, 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 we think that now. We know this now. We we know when Vin Diesel jumps out of a fucking sliding truck and does a Superman, uh, does a, like a, a superhero pose as he throws a truck into a fighter plane. Yes, this is all bananas, bullshit. And you know what? Once I realized that, I stopped giving a fuck. And when I stopped giving a fuck, the movie became light years more enjoyable for me because I didn't expect any kind of shit. The problem I have is what you all have just mentioned. If you're gonna do this, do that. Don't yeah. give me, don't give me Vin Diesel and these solemn scenes with his son, and these solemn scenes with Letty, and these solemn, these eye staring matches with John Cena. Cause you're my brother, and I, I don't need none of that shit. Yeah. Save it. If you're gonna do this shit, do that shit. Don't give me. A, you could have just made a MacGuffin. Hey, super serious spot. Insert John Cena. Got something MacGuffin. Insert MacGuffin. We got to stop him. We got to figure it out. But this dude is the deadliest villain we've had before. Just go anime style. Every, every, every seems like every villain in D Dragon Ball C is stronger than the last. Why the fuck did this guy not be around in the beginning of the series? You know why? Because he didn't need to be there. Now he needs to be here to, to push the hero to be stronger. Pull it on. This is what this movie should have done. Should have just been XYZ is stronger than the last villain and put him on it. How does the fast team stop him now? And we should go. I, that's the only kind I have is like, Vin, I know, I know, Vin, I know. You want people to think that they are coming here to see you and your acting chops and the family and the Coronas. They're not, Vin. We're yeah. not. <laughs> if I could drink the Corona, yes, I'm coming in for that. But, Vin, we're going there to see the stupidity of the fact that you thought that people actually were enjoying this because of the shit you thought we were enjoying it for. No. We're enjoying it for the bombastic action and the ludicrous idea. Uh, see what I did at ludicrous. The ludicrous <laughs> idea that all these niggas from the hood can all of a sudden be very proficient people. You know what? This is a this is a really a story about you know moving out of class systems and how education can change your life. Because <laughs> yeah. all them jokers were sorry sons of bitches in all their individual movies, and now all of a sudden they're super hackers, super fighters. Uh, all the shit they are, and you know what? I, I appreciate it. It's a, I appreciate them telling us that I too can be somebody if I stole DVD players in my first movie. Shout yeah, out to Fast Nine for giving me inspiration to improve my life. 
You didn't, me, you didn't know like all of the thing about this whole entire franchise is like, how do we get from these street racers to these super spies? Like, how do we get from, from stealing DVD players to basically, you know, your Marvel power is the fact that you can defy physics as long as you're somewhere near a car. <laughs> look, look, yeah. I, I, look I, I watched Fast Five the other day very briefly. And the one thing the Rock said in there that I've realized for some reason it stuck with me and now it goes through this whole series. The Rock made a comment in Fast Five. He's like, but whatever we do, do not let them get in the car. They're pretty much unstoppable once they get in cars. <laughs> that line is held up better than anything else we've seen in the series. Why isn't there like a superhero that has that power? Like, as long as I'm in the car, like, the laws of things do not apply to me whatsoever. Like, as long as I'm near a car, I can do anything. I can beat up Superman and make him like my bitch as long as I'm near a car. <laughs> Yeah, if I get dropped from a 20-story building, just let me land on a car. I'll be fine. Throw something at 60 miles an hour. Hey, so long as I can hit a car, I'll be all right. Like yeah. the Rock said, do not let them get in the car. They're pretty much invincible oh. once they get in the car. And this 40-ton trunk that was flipped on side, on, on side down, it will go as long as it needs to go for me to do whatever I need to do. If it needs to slide 5,000 miles, it will slide 5,000 miles as long as I still have something to do on that truck. <laughs> Facts. Also, they so, forgive the brother. Like, yeah, there was no gets, art to why they forgive him. Other than, he, well, well, they forgave him because he got uh, uh, double-crossed by the other bad guy. But even well, if he, they, they forgave Jason Statham for killing one of them. So yeah, I mean, he was doing that. that, that all, really cool. I don't know why we're trying to find logic in this. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's like if if he hadn't been double crossed, he absolutely would have gone through with that evil plan. But he was double crossed. It was like, well, we gotta forgive you now. Like, what? Like, it was entirely his evil plan. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you're getting beat up by your henchmen. Okay, well, and you didn't really mean to kill my dad. Family. Okay, I'm sorry for the last thirty years of being a dick to you. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you still should that... be a dick to him. He's a super murderer, dude. <laughs> With that being said, Jaren, would, would you recommend this movie? <laughs> no. That's all. all right. It doesn't. It doesn't deserve any more breath. Just no, no, no. Duke of all nerds. I am so glad that you paid for this for us. <laughs> I would not have wasted my money on this shit. <laughs> Been it's real called, tax, called tax write-off. Uh, <laughs> I, I will be the lone one here. I say yes. Go If you are an action junkie, go see the movie. If you are a fan of the series, go see the movie. If you are going to go into this movie thinking that it should be some logic and so co coherent ways that this movie works, do not see the movie. You will <laughs> sit there and you will start getting pissed off and you will become angry and you may leave. I'm warning you now. You but if you're, if you're not, Yes. You're not that person. I'm 100% saying go see that movie because uh, you'll enjoy it a lot. Let's go ahead and shift gears. We are going to talk about some DC animated offerings we have going on. Uh, the first one we're going to talk about here is Batman The Long Halloween Part 1. Gentlemen, let's go ahead and start with let's go ahead and start with the Duke of All Nerds. Duke of All Nerds, what did you think of this? Okay, so the long this is the long Halloween, uh, probably one of my more favorite Batman storylines that has existed out there. Um, I wanted to say that this movie kind of for me uh, missed the mark of what the graphic novel presented to us. The graphic novel is very much a noir style uh, story. Like Batman is very much 
a detective in this. There's not a whole lot of action in the story. Uh, and like, especially the art direction in the graphic novel is just top notch. Tim Sales did an excellent job. Like, like there's a lot of deep shadows. A lot of times Batman is just like a dark shape in the panel. And it's just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. This, I like the fact they kept the, like the timeline, like the, the faux 40-ish, but they, they try to condense this whole entire, like really like, I don't want to say complex story into like this hour long, you know, part one of this movie. And it, it just didn't work to me. They try to insert action points in it, but like everything else is just way too slow way too like drawn out for me and the fact that they did not like take you know the character designs from the comic book and make it you know animate it really 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 turned me off um i love this story though i love 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 this story but this is it's it's the difference between story and storytelling and even though the story is great the storytelling of this movie is not as great that said though Still better than every live action Justice League movie we got. Hundred <laughs> percent true. Hundred percent true. Uh, I'm going to jump in. I mean, I think it was trying to do the detective noir thing with the young Batman to justify some of the follies. I enjoyed this, and when I say I enjoyed this, I enjoyed this in pieces of it. And me and Jaren watched it together. The parts that I stayed awake before, then I ended up rewatching it again when I actually was full of energy this time. But <laughs> I like the I like the artistic style of the drawings and animation. I, it kind of gave me if Batman animated series were updated to today, it made me feel like this is the kind of aesthetic they will probably go for. The problem yeah. with it I had that is I felt like the voice acting did not mesh very well with the animation. I felt it was a bit disjointed. Like I don't know if it was just maybe the line delivery, because let's be real, people don't give enough credit for voice acting of how hard it is and how hard hard. it is to be great (laughs) at it. I felt like they just get names that can have interesting voices and put them there and hope it works out. I feel like this didn't work out. I I didn't feel that, I didn't feel that connected to the people that were actually saying this were really these characters. I felt like it was just this guy saying this character's lines. Um, uh, Jensen Ackles, who I love from Supernatural, I don't think he did a terrible job with, with Bruce and all that. I felt like he did not do the thing that we expect now for bat- people who play and voice Batman. You gotta have the different voices for the characters. If he was, if his voice for Batman and Batman Behind Closed Doors with Alfred was one way and his voice as Bruce Wayne was another, I think I would have accepted it more, but it was the same voice. So when they revealed that he was Batman to the random dude, I'm like, you You guys couldn't catch on because the dude didn't change his voice at all, but whatever. Um, the only other gripe I had with it is that you can't you can't make anybody into a great detective. Like, either you're kind of born with instinctual things that make you good at being a detective or you're not. So it's a part in the movie where they try to justify his lackluster detective skills by being like, oh, I have to start being a better detective. I have to learn this. Who the fuck are you going to learn from, Sherlock Holmes? Like, what the fuck are we talking about? Like, and this is like the difference between storytelling and the story is in the comic books. Like, he's a great detective. He, if this just this mystery of who this killer is, it's just so out of his wheelhouse. I mean, like, yeah, he's starting new to this, but he's still like, he figured out who planted the bombs in in uh, Harvey Dent's house, you know, fairly mm-hmm. quickly. You know, he figured out all these other things, just putting the pieces together because, not to spoiler, but who they think the killer is is more so than what. You know, we are presented to originally. Oh. So 
Like it's they 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 in this movie they missed a lot of opportunities to show Batman's intelligence and the way that right. he does things. And instead of doing that, they inserted, you know, a random chase scene where he chases Catwoman down for no reason or Right, right. Yeah. To make them see, but it, it was planted in there to show that hey, he's new at doing this. He isn't great at his job. This is yeah. why he can't figure it out. Rather than being like, no, this mystery is just trumping the world's greatest detective. That means this must be serious. Yeah, no, nah, it's just like a nah, reason why he couldn't figure it out. It's not that right. he's incapable of doing it. There was a reason why he couldn't do it, and right. that is that's so great about this story. This, Jaren, is just, oh, this is a dumbass young Batman, so fuck off. That's why he can't discover it. And, and they tried to do. They tried to set up the like. Remember the whole thing, like, well, you know, wh who's the fifth suspect, Master Wayne? And he's like, oh, do you don't want to talk? Like, so they tried to do like this whole like. He doesn't really, really want to. But fuck out of here. Like, we the yeah. Batman we know and love wouldn't give a fuck about that. Yeah, he would like, the first. Everybody he thought was on the list, he would have been on the list, and he would have been like, "This is the motherfucker that carries." I'm gonna go through all these and figure it out. Boy Scout. In the universe, he carries kryptonite just in case his motherfucker fucks up. He wouldn't <laughs> anyway. All right, Jay, what's your thoughts on it? Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no, get yeah, fucking go on, guys. Uh, I, yeah, I like the idea that it, it was it was a new Batman or he was new to it. Um, him, fight like getting into it with Catwoman and him and her, like saying, "I think your equipment's too heavy." Initially, and then like him sliding and not being able to stick any of his fucking landings in that chase. Um, I like that. I like because I kept going. Why the fuck is Batman so retarded? And then he's like, "Oh, this." And Jason's like, "This. He's new. This is. He's still. He's only like a year or two in." I was like, "Oh, that makes a lot of sense." But apparently, that's not the context of the original story. So I mean, he's still new, but he's he's good at what he does. Right. Right. <laughs> um, uh, I didn't. There were some startlingly bad uh, choices on the animation front. Uh, at one point, Bruce Wayne. Uh, touches his ear and talks to Alfred, I think. And it's it, it, it it's a frame that is no hand and then a, a hand snaps in a frame and then it turns slightly and and it was it was really, really bad. Also, I'm not a fan of the idea of, uh, if you notice like all the doors and stuff when they moved, they would be a, a texture that was bigger than the door itself. <laughs> and they would just draw the edges of the door around it. So the texture would stay exactly where it was, but the door would move and the texture wouldn't move with the door. That's it's an artistic choice. It's a stupid choice, and I'm not a fan the of it. Direction this was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you, and, and I want you to, you know, put up a one of those things so we can see these side by side. Because I'll send you some panels of the comic book, and we oh, can yeah. see the difference between the the show and the comic book and the graphic novel. It's just like, as I said, Tim Sale's art is on another level than what is on 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 screen here. And I'm not a big fan of Jeff Loeb anymore because he said, you know. No one cares about Asian people like two years ago when he's writing a show about Asian people. But mm -hmm. like his writing in this is so spot on. He captures the tone of the noir. He captures the, t it's just, it's so good. But this movie just could not translate that. And that's the, that's really the problem for me. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, Jaren, finish yours and we'll go to our recommendations. No, that was, that was it. I, I just, uh, overall, <laughs> it's also part one. So we didn't get, you know, if you haven't read the graphic novels, you don't know who the bad guy is yet. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, uh, they made Harvey unnecessarily, like, douchey to his wife. And they yeah. Unnecessarily, like, needy. Like, yeah. like, in Debbie Downer style. Like, you've been gone for 10 minutes. I went and cried in the backyard. 
Like that, none of that is in the book. And they they made like uh, the Roman and Alberto's relationship really, really contentious. Where in the book, yeah. Alberto is just kind of like, not Alberto. The Roman's just kind of like dismissive of his son, but he's not abusively dismissive. He's just right. like, oh, you, you, I don't want you a part of this because I know you're a good person, rather than I don't want you a part of this because you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. He's a Harvard grad. He knows what he's like. <laughs> oh, and as soon as and Catwoman slipping on Bruce's name when he when he comes in, yeah, she would never do that. She would never do that. And also, as soon as he goes, as soon as he put it together, it's like, oh, this kid's dead. He's so dead. Batman's <laughs> not gonna kill him, but either Catwoman is or an errant bullet, you know. So, which you know, because she said that, I kind of feel like they might be changing the story, the ending of the story a little bit because people are not supposed to know. And I, I, I don't, I don't know if anybody. I'm not trying to spoil the the outcome of this. Right, calendar man. Like, huh? Calendar man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Well, calendar man knows who the killer is, but in this one, he doesn't seem like he knows. He knows who the killer is, and Cal- and, and it's such a very good like Hannibal Lecter sort of like scene between George, Gordon and Batman and Calendar Man in the graphic novel. But in this, it's just like two hapless dudes like, what do you know? And he's like, I don't know shit. <laughs> like, yeah. like, like, well, why do you even come here? Like, I don't know why y'all came here. Like, I don't know why y'all fucking with me, man. I'm just trying to enjoy these calendar shit. Uh, yeah. No, but... <laughs> Finishing decorating uh, my symbol. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so uh, I, I'm going to just jump right in. I... I will recommend it if you are a fan. I feel like I'm doing this a lot where I'm like, if you're a fan of this shit, go ahead and enjoy it. If you're not, fuck off. But this is literally the embodiment. This and Fast 9, the embodiment of, if you fucks with this, go have at it. If you if you were just going because you want to see a better Batman story than what Snyder gave us and all that, this ain't it for you. Go back and watch <laughs> Under the Red Hood. Go back yes. and watch Return of the Joker and Batman Beyond. Go, there's so many other movies in the DC uh, animated universe that you can watch over this. If you're just like me, where I'm just a fan of all the DC animated series, uh, go watch it because it's just it's just another one in there. But if you are just trying to pick and choose only the good ones, yeah, you can miss this one and, and not and miss a beat on any of this. Uh, so I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna give this one a pass. If um, you're not just a diehard like me, what about you, Jason Amre? Like long, the Long Halloween is one of the, it's top tier Batman stories. It is top tier, like top. It has to be in the top 10, if not top five, of greatest mm-hmm. Batman stories of all time. I cannot recommend anybody watching this. Like, go to you know Barnes & Noble, pick up the graphic novel, and read that, and enjoy that, and leave this alone. Like, legitimately, listen to me. Go to the Barnes & Noble, pick up this book, and read it. It is great. I don't care if you like comic books or not. Read it. It is great. Do not watch this movie. Jaren, <laughs> token Jaren, what do you say? What do you say? I'll be the dissenting voice in this one. I'm gonna recommend it, um, but I'm only gonna I'm gonna recommend it with a couple caveats. Um, the stuff that 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 really bothered me were kind of nitpicky. I mean, uh, and I haven't read the the full like trade paperback of the entire story of the graphic novel version. Um, I will say that uh, if you're a huge fan of of DC animated stuff. I mean, this one there, there. It's not going to be your favorite, but it's, it's you know, it's going to be better than any Marvel animated shit out there. That's for fucking sure. Oh yeah, so. I mean, that goes without saying. Oh. <laughs> it, Marvel movies, are, animated movies are terrible. Gosh. <laughs> but uh, except for Planet Hog. Planet Hog's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's, uh, yeah. it's not great. <laughs> so I, I recommend if you're a completionist, if you're a fan of just the DC animated kind of verse, yes, um, will it be your favorite. No, but uh, it's definitely not the worst they've ever put out by by a long shot. <laughs> okay, well, and then we're just going to stay animated here. We're going to go ahead and jump into Justice Society World War Two. I'm going to let I'm gonna go ahead and let um, Jaren start this one off because. I know how he feels about speedsters. We've discussed this previously on other shows. So, Jaren, go ahead, have it. Justice Society, World War II. Uh, okay, so I am not familiar with the source material on this. Uh, I talked with Alex about it after the fact, and uh, I didn't understand that it, we start this whole movie in a world that doesn't have a Justice League. It's it's Flash and Batman are, are just, or uh, sorry, Flash and Superman are just, uh, just dudes. Just dudes on their yeah. own, yeah. You know, like team contractors, up. yeah. And occasionally they have a team up, but that's what it's. That's all it is. Um, but uh, <sighs> the animation was a lot better in this one than it was in Batman: The Long Halloween. Um, you could tell there was more care and love. Some of the design choices on the characters, I don't know if I agree with. Uh, uh, I'm wearing shorts. What a woman looked kind of kind of goof goof the whole time. Uh, but yeah, uh, speedsters, um, there's just like with any movie, uh, that involves people that are fast, uh, being a speedster means you're OP if you know what you're doing. Um, and I could count, I was counting out in my mind mentally. I was like, oh, they could have solved it here. 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 It, it would have been a, it, so yeah, I mean, if they, you gotta, you gotta gimp your speedster, Kind of like the same issues that somebody writing Superman has to. They have to come up with a an interesting way to make it so that he doesn't just punch his way to the end, you know, and be like, "And I'm done, hooray, that guy's dead," or <laughs> or handcuffed or whatever, you know. Truth, justice, the American way. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we were talking about like in the very beginning uh, when uh, Brainiac uh, explodes from behind the Flash. He flinches and, and like gets out of the way of the explosion. Where in reality, if you if you have a, you know that ability, uh, as soon as you feel something or you hear something, you're immediately instantly turned around looking at it, and everything's moving incredibly slow, and you can pick it apart instantly. I mean, before they even have a chance to be like, "Ha They're already like all their weapons are gone, and they're like, "Right, that's right. I'm dealing with somebody that can move faster than I can see." Brilliant. Okay, so I mean, yeah, it just. Uh, I, I, the, the way they gimped him when he went into the past or the alternate reality where him and Jay were sharing the speed force, kind of hitting the same water fountain at the same time, you know? So they were like, there was less for everybody. I like that. I thought that was cool. Um, I thought that was an interesting and fun way to do it. Uh, and I mean, the ending, you know, it was weird. Apparently it didn't go like the comic book went because Superman supposedly knew who he was in the comic book. But in this one, uh, his parents were killed when he was alive <laughs> and he went in the, the orphanage. So he just turned into kind of a selfish piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, he really wasn't all that selfish. He still was helping out. He just yeah. wasn't doing serious stuff. He was looking out for his mm. day number one. He was still a part of their crew. He just didn't do Superman mm. shit. And he grew he was there. Movie. He was in World War II. Like, do you, do you really? I mean, yeah, he's Superman. He could have ended it in 15 minutes, but still. Yeah. 
<laughs> John Waters. I also feel it's kind of to have like superpowered individuals like fight for the U.S. government, even though it's against the Nazis, and that's like the one time you want them to fight against. Like, I feel like that's kind of icky to me that they're a part of the the army or whatever. But oh, you're not a I'm fan. Sorry, of the, you're not a fan of the Sokovia Accords. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, but um, yeah, um, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, again, nitpicky stuff. Animation was better. Story was fun. Kind of, kind of predictable. A little paint by numbers. Uh, oh, Superman doesn't want to deal with the fact that he's Superman and fucks off for a while, and everybody fights until they almost die, and some do, and then Superman <laughs> comes back, finish, you know, and, and fixes everything. So you know, I was like, okay, all right. Um, I put another Flash centric story. That I thought was pretty dope was my original thought on there. So run through my things. Let's start off with my pros because you know I like to lead with love. Um, you do a shit. Sandy Jaren said, "Yeah, yeah." Sandy <laughs> Jaren said, "I mean, figuring out a way to nerf the uh, the speedster. Great idea with that, with the whole speed force and all that." Yes, we get the multiverse shenanigans. Once it was like, "Oh, this is not in the past. This is a different universe." I thought, "Okay, good," because now you can do whatever weird funky shit you want to do now and not have to figure out how this links to the future that we saw at the beginning of the movie so i thought that was a very key thing because it got me it put me at ease now to go all right i don't need to look for signs or things i can just enjoy yeah i can joke the hell's going on uh shout out and respect to aquaman this is probably the first time they let aquaman fucking be the badass that aquaman is like i know aquaman gets a lot of heat he gets a ton of heat because we only talk about the holy the, the comic book trinity of superman batman and wonder woman Aquaman is on equal level with those guys, but because we have shitted on him from Super Friends and Robot Chicken and everything, people forget that this dude is sitting in the deepest depths of water under all this pressure. Yes, he's super strong. Yes, he's super speed. He is a king. He's been trained. I like they, they nerfed he the can, fuck out of him and everything else. He no, can go toe to toe with Superman on any given day. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know. He, he will lose, but he can. He can. He will put Superman through his paces, though. I don't know. Right. You, you, you drop him and Superman in the middle of the Gobi Desert. Well, yeah, uh, he's going to get fucked up. I mean, like, yeah. But still, well, he's, he's still on the ground with a lot yeah. of power. Yeah, yeah. I would say, like, it's, it's Superman. Let's, let's, let's slow down here. Uh, but well, yeah, yeah his face, he's not going to be useful. But still. <laughs> right. Uh, the cons I have on this one is I didn't like the whole Aquaman being the villain thing initially. I think it was a jarring flip for what the movie was selling us at first. I enjoyed what the movie was selling us because I like all oh, the superhero team that stays under wraps that does this horror stuff. I was all in and it was like, hey, I think the writers were like, hey, guys, we, we need somebody to really let them flex their muscles on. Who do we could get? Who could we get? Aquaman. Yeah, Aquaman's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let him be brainwashed by somebody working with the Fuhrer. Perfect. Throw it in there. Uh, it just felt kind of jarring that it happened that way because, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> the Superman reveal, it pissed me off and because everybody – as Jaren knows, I'm a huge, huge, huge Superman fan. That's why I wore the shirt today for it. <laughs> and I hated it because it is pretty much... There it is. <laughs> it, it was Zack Snyder Superman coming to the fruition of what Zack Snyder probably wanted for Superman all along. A fucking dude that's like, that's y'all problem, man. And what it's like, oh, mean? shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I guess... And Rand says problem. that I should be objectively looking out for myself. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Then it was like, oh shit, I guess it could be our problem. Let me oh, let me go and fight these people. Like, stop it. Stop it, 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 stop it. Again, I know it's multiverse, so I get it has to be a different Superman, but Jesus Christ, 
guys, stop trying to write Superman as this angsty, I don't know what I should do guy. Either let him go straight villain or let him straight be a hero. We don't need no in-between. Anybody that's, that's, that's powerful, either you're going to have great morals to control their power or they're going to have no morals for it. Nobody that powerful is like, you know what? I'm sitting on this nuke, but maybe I should. Nah, maybe I should. Maybe now. Nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, it's either. I know I'm not going to get hurt in this anyway whatsoever, but I'm going to sit this one out. <laughs> right, right. It, it, it's not a fence. Nobody that strong is a fence rider. Nobody. All through history, all through. No one that strong is a fence rider. So I hate that they try to make him a fence rider. Like, stop it. Either just make him just be like, I'm an arrogant prick that doesn't give a shit about any of this, and I don't want to be a part of it. Fine. Multiverse, let him walk along. But I hate that. I hate the way they do Superman in these movies because it's like, I need them to appeal to the youth because the youth love anti-heroes. Thank you, Wolverine. Thank you, Deadpool. Like, ever since this anti-hero shit in the 90s, they've tried to make Superman this angsty kind of, fuck that, man. Like, either he's really, really good or make him just an asshole altogether and let him walk along. Don't do this to me. All right, uh, other than that, I mean, I enjoyed the film, man. I, I do, like I said, I think Wonder Woman looked crazy and we talked about that. But like they were trying to design her closer to Gal Gadot with the kind of straighter head. I was like, they should have went Linda Carter for this one. Um, I'm saying, I think, yeah, yeah, Linda Carter, like the old yeah. Wonder Woman. I think that would have been a better aesthetic because it does have a classicer look and feel. I mean, those shorts were kind of whack, but whatever. It's a cartoon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right? Alright, uh, Duke of All Nerds, what are your thoughts on it? I enjoyed this. I, I At first, I didn't like it because, as I told you guys, I was I only watched half of it and then I couldn't continue, but I went back and watched the, the whole thing today. And I enjoyed this. Uh, particularly, I think that most of the characters had like some reason for being there. Um, I feel like they utilized them, their different power sets very, very effectively. And because a lot of, especially in the, the live action movies, it's pretty much everybody is, I'm strong, let's punch this, rather than let, let's utilize our different talents to different things. Especially like when they were like with Our Man and um, Jay Garrick the Flash, they were like, you guys are smart. Why make this make sense to me? Who isn't like a scientist? Like use your other skills besides the fact that you're fast and you're and you're super strong. Uh, I particularly liked well, uh, only for only for an hour, only only, only for, for an hour, hour. Yeah. Yeah. which also, is like the dumbest, also. most 1940s thing ever. <laughs> every time, every time we see that guy, it's that hour. Apparently, <laughs> it's like <laughs> use it at the last possible minute, hour man. <laughs> All right. I particularly liked uh, the characterization of Wonder Woman in this, even though like her design was kind of off. I think that Wonder Woman had more personality to her than Gal Gadot has ever shown in her life. Like yeah. she was forceful, she was strong, she was leader, she was decisive. She was great. She was great. Like, and I also liked her dynamic dynamic with Steve Trevor. Like, she's like, oh no, let's just put this off. He's like, and he's always kind of like teasing her with the proposal of marriage, and and it's it's like I thought that was pretty cool. Um, the action in this, it was very weighty, very meaty, very punchy. Like they, they, the animation for this was very like, it felt like, you know, she was messing people up or when the flash like super punched people, it felt like it was like fucking dudes up. So without like having like the necessary, like blood and gore that you would normally get with that stuff. So I really enjoyed like the action and the, um, and the characterization of, of all these characters. Uh, yeah, other than the fact the whole entire story didn't really make a whole lot of sense oh. and was really much, uh, you know, like none of this really mattered. <laughs> it was, I, I enjoyed it. Like at the end, it's like Flash just goes back home, like, well, fuck whatever they're doing over there. Yeah. I'm going to marry my girlfriend. This is great. Takes <laughs> his stolen jewelry in. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, this, I got this written from a dead man. So. <laughs> 
but i mean like this is this is more fun than than the last halloween um it shows you know a few characters that normally don't get a lot of spotlight i love the fact that they made hawkman actually egyptian rather than a white man pretending to be egyptian which is great (laughs) so yeah i i enjoyed this movie i i thought it was fun all right jerem would you recommend this uh yeah 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 and like i said the stuff i the stuff i was I brought up again, much like Batman was kind of nitpicky. Um, there is uh, consequences to the actions. People die in this. Um, again, you know, even though it's an alternate reality that, you know, it, it's their reality to them at yeah. least. So, uh, uh, despite some of the some of the fall down moments that the writers had, uh, no, I, I yeah, it, it was animated well. It was voice acted well. There were some interesting parts to it. Uh, yeah, I recommend. It. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, yeah, it's a full recommend recommendation for me. I think this was good. I thought it was great. Uh, again, not not on a higher list of what they've done, but like this is a, will fall right in the middle of the pack. If it were to come on around, or I would see it, I would be like, oh, "Have you seen this?" And people were like, "No." I'm like, "Oh, we got to watch this." I would put it on. So I think it's just fun. It's just a fun movie to watch and enjoy. What about you, The Duke? Yeah, it's a fun movie. It's 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 fun to watch. You know, you should watch it. It's a good, good DC, you know, solid DC hit. Um, and I wish that, you know, the executives at Warner Brothers or at Discovery Time One or whatever it is now can watch one of these movies and goes, hey, we should just do this, but with like real people. Like, just, you know what? Just take the script and just give it to like someone who likes this stuff and just put real people in it rather than having all these dictations and things like that that they need like, Oh, this guy to sell toys. And it's going to make a billion dollars. And <laughs> we got to get our dick sucks after this. And no, like a solid movie like well, this, solid dick well, sucks up thing is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but with solid characterization with, you know, characters that actually like have a reason for being like, just do that, please just do that. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, watch this one. It's good. Well, jumping on that, because next the peak discussion is we're going to have right now, and we're going to have last week, but what fitting week to have it on, the week that Fast 9 dropped. Does story matter? Does story matter in movies? And this is probably the the best discussion we're going to have, because I have two writers on here. Yeah, I dabbled in journalism here and there, but like, Jaron, he's attempting to write scripts for things he wants to create. We always talk about the Duke of Nerd already. He like he's been uh, putting together a book, fantasy novel. So for these guys, this is right in their wheelhouse. So to start <laughs> this off, I'm going to start off with the, the the most ignorant opinion, which is my own, and then we'll spread the wealth with all of the, the intelligence that's on this panel today. For me, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm so distraught by the movie going public that I've gotten to the resolution that like story doesn't matter. It, it, it doesn't matter at all. What matters now is if you can have people follow along. And if that requires a story to do so, great. If it doesn't, <laughs> great too. Because some people, they don't care about the things that they don't get. They don't, And I'm not one of those guys talking like, oh, well, look all these plot holes in this movie. Every movie pretty much has plot holes. But if you put together a movie that you construct with a beginning, like middle and end, and like with a climax and the come. Like the archetype of story writing you're taught in school. When you're first taught in school about how to write a story, they break it down for you. I feel like that doesn't even matter anymore. Now most movies, you open up with a big set piece to pull you in. You do, at that point, introduce your characters, whether if you give them good characterization or not. And then you just do some exploration, you know, explanation dump somewhere in there. And then you just try to get to the next action set piece before people actually really have to think about the shit you told them. 
And then usually a lot of those rules break down slowly as you go through the climax and you finish off the movie. And like I said, we're living in an era now where you don't even have to finish complete movies anymore. You <laughs> can just stop it and go, hey, we answered one question or we beat the bad guy. Tune in next week. And by next week, we mean next year we make a sequel of this. Oh, we didn't make enough money. We're not going to make a sequel. Gosh darn it. I guess we'll never know how that ends. So at the end of the day, like story doesn't really matter anymore. All it is is can your movie put butts in seats? And if it can put butts in seats, we'll justify all the bullshit. I mean, we watched how many Michael Bay Transformer movies that got <laughs> worse and worse and worse and worse, and they made a bunch of money. And when people, I ask people, like, how do you watch this trash? They go, it's not trash. It's fun. It's like Transformers, my childhood. It, it gave me every reason except for it has nothing to do with story because you know what? The story doesn't fucking matter. Just make some <laughs> shit up for people to want to say, yeah, in a movie theater, even when it's like the worst shit ever. And then go forward from there. So for me, I, I'm like, I wish it mattered more because I love great stories. All my movies that I enjoy the most have great stories, but eh, it doesn't matter now. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. Zack Snyder has a career. Michael Bay has a career. We go down the list of guys that have careers that stories never been their strong point ever, and they've made a career out of it. So story doesn't matter. Um, let's throw it on to you, Jam. Your thoughts on story mattering now? Oh man. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, any any writing class that you go to or any any, you know, anything that where you actually kind of get some sort of actual uh, instruction on writing, you're, you're going to be introduced to the hero's journey and a three act play. And most of these movies follow that to an extent. Um, but the hero's journey is something that's the first thing to go. Uh, oftentimes, a lot of these movies you're talking about and stuff, there is no progress there is no growth for the main protagonist much like my issue with moana <laughs> it was badass frame one and she was the same badass at the last frame there was no <laughs> great songs yeah no <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah she talked to her hey, hey jaren this ain't the month to put our sisters down don't put our sisters down this month yeah it's a lot with that commentary <laughs> her grandma Vasa that she chatted with in the ocean i don't know was the ocean trying to kill her or did it just protect the one with the stone I, a lot of issues um uh another aspect of it and i think is this is a bigger thing is that um people uh so the middle movie the middle grade movie has disappeared you either have nowadays you either have an indie movie which is made on absolutely no budget which is where you're going to get a lot of your creative writing decisions and something interesting. And then you have the blockbuster tentpole franchise movies, which are, are forced to resign themselves to a very kind of cookie cutter like routine where you really don't end up with much. And there's not a lot of creative writing choices. The most that you could say is that somebody is doing a treatment on it that makes it funnier and snappier and wittier. That's the best you're going to get. There's not going to be like a, a new idea essentially. Um, back in the day, we used to have the studios would would make movies like that were they were just like I mean it's a weird one off movie thing you know I mean it, that movie uh, multiplicity shit like that where they're just like you I don't know yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's just let's just get uh, let's just get dude in here and then make a bunch of them <laughs> and see what happens you know uh, uh, I guess the closest thing you get I mean the 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 closest thing you get to that nowadays is probably a rom com but even those are almost going the way of the dodo. They're not near as, as prevalent as they were definitely in the nineties and the, in the aughts. Cause they're so, super toxic. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. Super toxic, man. Looking back on some of them, you're like, you're a bit of a rapist, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my friend. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, so does story matter? Absolutely. Um, do we have a watered down version of story? Yes, we do. I think the best, and, and people will argue this, I think the MCU is one of the best like uh, mechanisms for storytelling right now. That's that's it's actively making money. It's very popular amongst you know people that are that you know voted for Trump and then also intelligent people too. <laughs> yeah. Damn, it was our audience. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch that damn near nerd shit. I like the name, but fuck them. <laughs> And then, but you've got, but, uh, but it also, uh, they, they occasionally get to do some creative stuff with the writing. Um, granted they're following formulaic, not formulaic, but it's already been done in comic books many, many years prior, but you know, I don't know. I, I enjoy it when they, they deviate from the subject matter and, uh, and, and kind of throw a curveball at us. And they, every time they've done that, they've done it in service of the movies, but they've also, I, I don't know, I've enjoyed it and it made sense. Um, but yeah, outside of indie flicks, you're not going to see original, like original writings anymore. So it sucks. I miss I miss the middle movies. But I think uh, those were you know they didn't have to be summer blockbusters. The movies used to come out year round, and there were good movies that came out in the fall. You know, so, and they weren't all just Halloween oriented. Right. So That's yeah, a good take. I, yeah, I didn't think about the middle movie. That's a really good take there. Uh, Duke of All Nerds, your thoughts? The story matter. All right, so here we go. I'm going to say, and this is going to sound bad, but I'm going to say that story has never mattered. I feel that storytelling is what matters. Mm. If you are a good storyteller, it doesn't matter what the story is. If you tell that story in a good way, in a great way, the story itself does not matter. It's the storytelling that matters. And I feel like in this day and age, we are getting getting away from good storytellers. Mm. Because if you think about it, and that's not really if you think about it, but pretty much, especially if you go to any sort of creative writing class, the first thing your teacher is going to tell you is like, every story that's ever been made, it's already been written. You know, it's mm -hmm. that's the kind of thing. And that's, you know, it's somewhat true, but it's somewhat not true. Um, but it's not about the story itself. It's about how you can tell that story, how you can bring a unique perspective to that story that makes it in an interesting way. Or you can just have interesting characters or interesting settings or interesting, you know, just any sort of bit of thing that can make it interesting to, to your audience. But the story itself, I mean, think about it. Like um, Avatar, that story has been told 50 million times yeah, in 50 million different ways and 50 mi million different levels of awesomeness that story is not a bad story avatar is not a bad story it's just a story we've heard a lot of times and it was told from the same perspective that we've told it many 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 times right mm -hmm. so it's it's mind-boggling it's not really mind-boggling they did some really great you know you know effects in that movie but it's mind-boggling how that movie became one of the highest grossing movies of all time because that story i mean it's not even told in a very compelling way so it's not the story itself that really matters. It's just how you're able to tell it. And, you know, going back to Fast 9, you know, that story was ridiculous, but they told it in a very, to me, a fun way. Even though I would never recommend watching that movie, it was still like they were having fun telling the story. And they told it in a fun way. Did they have any good perspective or good interesting takes on it? No. But they tried to have fun in telling the story. So for me, it's like it's never about the story itself. The story... You know, it 
we pretty much have a plan set for pretty much every single story that is, that could ever be told. <laughs> like it's pretty much you're not going to be surprised. I mean, like occasionally you might be surprised. They might tell like a different ending or tell it from a different perspective. But like pretty much the story itself, the the meat and potatoes of it is has been told before. Has been has been already been you know in many many different other tellings of it. It's just how you tell it that makes it whether or not it can be unique or rise above the rest. And I've, one of the things that's good about Marvel is they do tell their stories in a very interesting and marketable, I wouldn't say unique, but marketable way, right? Mm -hmm. They tell the stories that get people's seats. And like the storylines themselves are coherent, but their storylines aren't anything, you know, revolutionary. You know, rich guy gets set back and has to overcome his demons. That's nine out of ten of Marvel movies, or mostly white man has to overcome something <laughs> and come and to get to something else. <laughs> right? That's literally every single story. Like, especially because we come from this European tradition of storytelling. Right? So, like, pretty much every single story, white dude has to overcome some obstacle to get to gain a better understanding of himself or to save white girl, basically. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's that, that story, you can do a lot with that, you know? You can do a lot with that, and we have. We've had it from King Arthur to Beowulf to Iron Man to Superman, you know? And it's all the same story. It's just told in different ways. So to me, the story has never mattered. It is, <laughs> there's only really one story is a human overcoming some obstacle or some other variation of that. I mean, I guess there's like three different types. It's like man versus right. himself, yeah, man yeah. versus an external force or, you know, something like that. But there's, there's really nature, only like yeah. nature, yeah. five or 10 variations of that. Yeah. And it's just how you tell it that makes it whether it's unique or not. So that's my two cents on that is that the story never mattered. It's storytelling. It's the perspective. It's the characters. That's what matters. And if you can tell a story that's completely batshit crazy, but make it entertaining for people, great. <laughs> tell it in a great. Michael Bay, he doesn't, his stories never make a damn sense, but he tells it in an entertaining way. It's pretty. He puts a lot of explosions that he knows what we want. We want boobs, explosions, <laughs> and ears. <laughs> right? In the, mili in the military. To put on there. <laughs> Zack Snyder, he, he couldn't write a good character to save his life. But he knows how to do fucking slow motion fight scenes. Right? He knows that he knows where the tone button is, and, and <laughs> yeah. <that's laughs> so he can tell that story. If I mean, I might not personally like the way he tells the story, but he tells it in his unique way, right? Yeah. And that makes that's making him making a million dollars. He's in there in a nice mansion in Hollywood while I live in a two bedroom apartment in Buford. Okay, <laughs> so it's all about the storytelling. It's never been about the story. Well. I think the way you put that is so nice that we don't we shouldn't even have a rebuttal on it. I think we need to end the show on that because I, I feel like that's just a very, very poetic take to take on it. Yeah. Hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode because we enjoyed making it. Uh we really enjoyed hanging out with each other on Friday, watching Fast Nine. That was cool. I mean, we pretty much were yeah, yeah. We were out there till like almost one pretty much one a.m. talking about everything from restaurants to movies to arrests. <laughs> So everything you can imagine under the sun, we talked about. So uh, I really, really do genuinely love doing this every single Sunday. 
Uh, and I shouldn't probably say the date because we're, you know, recording. But anyway, every single time we do this, I do genuinely enjoy it. I hopefully people who listen genuinely enjoy the commentary and our opinions and our thought processes. Uh, guys, again, like, share, subscribe. But please try to. I mean, I think the lowest thing we're really in is engagement, man. We want to hear from you guys. We want to hear your opinions, your thoughts. But also, we, you may want us to talk about some other topics. You may, just want, may want us to review some other movies that you've seen because you like our perspective on things. Whatever it is, comment. Let us know how you feel and think about it. I, I'm sure I come up with a lot of jackass takes, so I'm all here for it. I'm here for the smoke. I'm good for it. And like I mentioned before, we always say, we are very welcome to let you come onto the show and tell us that we're jackasses and our takes are bad. And we can have it out here, right recorded for everybody to enjoy. So, Everybody, please remember to do that for us because we really will enjoy the engagement. And we, we 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 love arguing amongst ourselves. Don't get us wrong. But we love to argue with someone else and show them how wrong they really are. So you're wrong. All, right? <laughs> as always, I, you know, us, us signing off. Token Jen. See you next week, I guess. Well, I'll probably see you all during the week. I mean, shit. Yeah. But, yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> thanks. Thanks again for watching. Appreciate you. Seriously. All right, Duke of All Nerds, Jason number A, another good show in the bucket. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, as I say, be kind, tip your bar, tip your service, tip your bartenders. And yes, Corny J, we're getting out of here. We will see you all next week for the N Word for Nerd podcast. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>